Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you are listening to this. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Mary Spender and you are listening to the Tuesday Talks podcast. And this is episode 12 of season one and I'm very, very excited that this episode is brought to you by DistroKid. They are my first official podcast sponsor, which is a, a little dream of mine and I couldn't think of a better partner to have in this endeavour. Um, if you don't know what DistroKid is, then I will explain what they are to you. Um, and I practice what I preach. I use DistroKid and I am using them currently to release my Lone Wolf EP. But more than 250,000 artists rely on DistroKid to distribute their music. Um, so if you're wanting to have your music available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, etc., etc., um, then there is actually a link in the description of this podcast. I will read it out just now, distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Mary Spender, and you will get 7% off your first year. There are two features that I really love, and I've spoken about them in videos too. Um, it's relevant to the actual recording process and might help you settle any future problems with credits and splits between band members, producers, managers, etc. So... Um, now that downloading and streaming has surpassed CDs and vinyls, uh, the team who worked on the record are sometimes difficult to find. Actually, I saw an Instagram post recently on Brandy Carlisle's uh, account and she wrote out what well, she had the either the liner notes or some kind of image where it was everyone that was... Um, uh, responsible for by the way I forgive you uh you know the Grammy nominated album and well Grammy Grammy award-winning album apologies Brandy if you're listening um and y you know you just don't realize how many people are responsible for a record like that if you don't see them listed and I'm sure like me you love looking at liner notes you love finding out exactly how it was recorded where it was recorded with who all the behind the scenes pictures and that sadly just isn't really available in physical form anymore um and obviously it can be shared on Instagram accounts or you know whatever social media but anyway I always love looking at the liner notes and seeing who wrote the song or produced and mixed it um but distro kid actually collects more extended metadata than anyone else so you can not only share who works harder than recording but also details about the gear and, and equipment used your contact information your social media links and lyrics too DistroKid can split the earnings from any song or album and automatically send those earnings to your collaborators uh, that's how I have done some music with Rob Scallon. It's very, very easy. You can see it all. It's all transparent. Um, think how much easier that makes life for you and your band or that producer that might have given you a discount in exchange for a percentage of sales. I know that that goes on. Um, you can add an unlimited number of collaborators to any track, change the splits at any time. And for privacy, collaborators can only see what percentage they get. If they haven't created an account, it won't delay your release at all, which is lucky. I mean, you know, it's already pressurised anyway when you're trying to get all your ducks in a row. But DistroKid will hold on to the money until they join. And as always, DistroKid doesn't take a cut of your royalties, which is just incredible. Um, an account starts at just $19.99. That's $19.99 uh, for unlimited songs and albums. And yeah, as mentioned, the link, um, distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Mary Spender means that you get 7% off your first year. Um, and yeah, you know, I... 
I practice what I preach, I use this, and basically I'm going to run the intro and then we're going to get into the show because I want to talk a little bit more about what I've just released. Hi, my name is Mary Spender and you are listening to Tuesday, 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 Tuesday Talks. So you might or might not be aware, but I've been working on a record most of this year called The Lone Wolf EP. It's six tracks and it's my sort of latest attempt at uh, forming an album. But, you know, it's six tracks, it's not 10 or 12 or whatever, Um, but it's kind of a concept EP. Starts off relatively hopeful, ends off, uh, ends off, um, ends angry and... um, yeah, well, maybe ends independently, like a, a a sort of stance to say, well, I mean, it ends on a song called I Am Not Yours. That's quite a, a deliberate um, uh, stance to take when you're talking to someone. But yes, Wait For Me, the first single is out now, available everywhere, thanks to DistroKid. So basically, I want to run through Wait For Me and how it came about. I actually started writing the song in maybe 2011 and um, I performed it. It didn't it didn't really ever resonate with me. So if it doesn't resonate with the songwriter, then it's not really going to resonate. It didn't quite make sense. So when it came to sort of looking at older material, because it sort of goes for the rule. Um, I mean, I, I kind of want to follow the rule that I always preach again, uh, always be writing. So always use... Um, even if it's just snippets or older songs that you've done in the past, don't forget about them, bring them up, maybe update them. You might find something in there that is uh, suitable for for the song you're working on. And Wait For Me was just that. I loved the melody line. I loved the alternative tuning. I just felt like it was like, it, it had the potential to be quite like a, a big rock song, even though it starts off quite delicate. But um, started recording it in LA. I haven't actually really told the story yet, so I will I will do that now. But I was um, I was in America for a bit of a soul searching trip. I had left my day job and I was pursuing YouTube full time. But I just I just wanted to travel and wanted to um, hang out with some friends that I'd made over in the US. So that's when I got to shoot the Rob Scallon videos. But um, sadly. Uh, uh, a friend of mine and um, a musician, uh, Jenny Pagliaro, uh, passed away in in March uh, while I was in Chicago. So I flew to L.A. for the memorial service. And while I was in L.A., um, I just felt like I needed to turn that week around a little bit from, from the sadness and try and make it a little... Um, I don't know, try and pursue this thing that Jenny loved so much. And that's music, original music. If you haven't listened to The Roses and Cigarettes, two albums, then please just go and listen to that. Um, Angela Petrilli is an incredible guitarist and um, uh, another friend of mine. And we ended up going on this road trip to San Diego. And it was just like, it was just a, it turned out to be a really beautiful week. And, um, I met some friends that um, I I just ended up talking to some people about wanting to get into a studio. I just wanted to record some drums and vocals and ended up meeting Elizabeth Goodfellow and Theo Karen. Um, 
Theo uh, owns a studio called Hotel Earth. Uh, Elizabeth, or Beth, um, is an unbelievably talented drummer. We ended up going for a coffee on the Wednesday. I think we were in the studio by the Friday, if not maybe earlier on in the week. And it all just came together. And I had these songs. Luckily, I'd recorded a live version of the EP in Chicago, just again, for my own sake. I'm not even sure if I'm going to release that live version just yet. I think I will, but um, it was when all the songs were quite new and I was still sort of figuring them out by by just like getting them down. Anyway, I sent that to Beth and we then had this little meeting and she was just, you know, she's a professional musician and she is on the wavelength. She just wants to support the artists she works with and and really do their music justice. And um, I mean, she brought these tracks, you know, to life. They are, I mean, having her drumming on them. And um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just a dream come true. We started off uh, obviously getting the drum sound right. And then I was in a booth uh, singing and playing guitar. And obviously uh, separating the vocals and the guitars. I actually thought that those would be scratch tracks. Ended up just using them because there was a window um, or a glass panel between me and Beth. And so we were communicating and looking, looking at each other the whole entire time. And I just felt that when it came to piecing this recording together and, and getting it made and getting it mixed and mastered, I just felt like this was the organic vibe like this was what I wanted and although so there are like imperfections definitely in my voice I was actually getting a cold <laughs> that evening I was I was so so ill um, and then for the next few days I even went on Marty Schwartz's channel and had lost my voice entirely I just think I'd just been run down and traveling too much and um, but uh the way Beth and I were communicating, we managed to get five tracks done. Um, and some of the tracks, I think maybe with Lone Wolf, I think we did three, three takes. And um, yeah, it just all just, it all just came together. And she really, really transformed the songs. And, you know, she was there just writing the guitar parts as we, as we played and just, she just got the vibe just right. So um, Wait For Me was... I think we, I feel like we started backwards, but I might be wrong. Anyway, Wait For Me just felt like this huge anthem and I wasn't expecting it to. And then obviously that's how the, the EP um, opens up with Wait For Me. So Wait For Me can be heard everywhere. Um, it is also up on YouTube and I'm going to be releasing uh, all six tracks separately on streaming services um, just because you know, this is a way to consume and for me to create content around each song and just give them the best chance of being heard. So the 1st of November is Wait For Me, which is out now. Then the 15th of November, I will release Run Your Mouth. 29th of November, 23 Hours. 13th of December, Lone Wolf. 27th of December, Darling, You Need Therapy. And 10th of January, the final track, I Am Not Yours. And then, um, it will all be collated, maybe via playlists, um, maybe all together on Spotify as an EP after that. But up until then, all uh, individual singles on streaming services. However, if you visit store.maryspender.com, then you can actually get a physical copy and you can get um, 
the whole thing, artwork and CD um, and signed uh, already. And I have to admit, totally overwhelmed with the response to that. And I, I think it's really interesting thing to try and experiment with trying to release music as an independent artist and trying to figure out the way to do it when you don't have a huge amount of money for marketing campaign you don't have a distributor um a physical distributor um and i just mean like without distrokid without that sort of online help to get my music out there i'd be i'd be lost so um can't rave about them enough but that's just my release plan. I'm now going to play you Wait For Me. So if you are yet to hear it, then this is the first track. Um, as mentioned, Elizabeth Goodfellow on drums, Adam Neely on bass, Rhett Schull on guitars. I mean, Rhett's guitar playing is just... I just had to get him on board for this. Same with Adam, just like getting the best of the best and, you know, friends of mine. Uh, it was really, really fun. And then I am singing and playing guitar myself. And yeah, maybe one day, maybe one day I will be allowed to tour the States and, and take them on the road if they aren't all too busy, because they are all extremely popular and in-demand musicians themselves. But here is Wait For Me. I hope you enjoy it. from here, leave my office, run to Chicago, find somebody there, put myself in danger, just to see if you'd care, it didn't hit me until I left New York, found myself crying through the airport, summer was fading, survived at all I was blinded by the sun and rain Too soon to love, too soon to trust, be vulnerable again But wait
Okay, so one thing I kind of want to update as well um, is that I have my first ever show and that is in London and that's on the 14th of December being announced today, the day of this podcast. And there are tickets on my website, maryspender.com. Come and see me. I have uh, a band in place. It will be a full band show. Sadly, not with the musicians that actually played on the record because they are all busy and they all live in America. Um, And um, yeah, but I put together a really incredible band, which I'm very excited about um, working with. And it's going to be a great show. It's, It's a relatively intimate show for some artists. For me, it's going to be a big deal. Um, it's it's just going to be a nice way to end this year. It's been a roller coaster in so many good and, you know, bad moments over this past year. I think this will be a joyous occasion and it will be great to play these songs live. Um, yeah, so if you are London-based, then please come to my show, 14th of December, maryspender.com for tickets. Should be really, really great. Um, I also have been rehearsing for another little tour, which hasn't been announced yet. And that's actually going on ahead of ahead of that December show. And um, hopefully it will come to fruition. So watch this space. But as ever, I have got a question, um, a lovely voice note from Rich. And I want to play this because I think it's going to I mean, I'm going to talk about it because it's a it's a great um, thing to discuss, and um, about and it was inspired by the DistroKid series. I did not pay him to say this, but he actually brings up the DistroKid series, and that's how he discovered me. So it just feels very very fitting for this first podcast. So here is Rich's question. Hi, Mary. My name is Rich Maggio, and I'm from Hackettstown, New Jersey, in in the United States. I discovered you through the video series you did for DistroKid. I really enjoy your music and I love your guitar playing style. I also very much enjoy your podcast series. Much of what you have to say resonates with me. My question for you is what would you suggest to a musician trying to build an audience on the internet from scratch? I watched a video on this topic from the DistroKid series and I have a hard time imagining how this works. As a family guy, I don't have time to produce a video series. I do enjoy writing, and I could imagine myself doing a podcast. Is it a case of creating content, throwing it out into the internet with the appropriate tags, and people will come? It can't be that easy, can it? Um, The idea of creating content that nobody pays any attention to is a bit daunting. For context, I'm coming to this after getting burned out playing in cover bands on the weekends for the past five years. In the meantime, I discovered the joy of writing and recording my own instrumental acoustic guitar music. Since my friends and family really liked my songs, I decided to start releasing them. I look forward to your suggestions. Keep up the great work, and I wish you much continued success. Thank you. Well, Rich, thank you very, very much for um, sending me a voice note, sending me that email. Um, Rich even transcribed his question, which was really, really useful for me, just so I I can make sure I don't miss a single second of it. Um, so starting from scratch, the best thing about content making online is that everyone starts from the same place. And I recently was on a panel at BBC Introducing Live, um, this, this really cool BBC put on event um, 
for unsigned musicians and really just to you know give them all the information they need so many experts in all different fields people in the music industry and I was on a panel about making uh, a living from music and and how I go about it and obviously I use content and I use YouTube and Instagram and all the platforms that are available to everyone and I mean, everyone starts from the same place. Everyone starts from zero. There is there is no other way to do it. And I mean, starting from scratch is kind of like you have to take ownership of it because it's exciting because it's all done by you. Yes, you might have friends who might help you or you might have a, a band and you might all contribute to, uh, contribute to it together. But really, um, the best thing is to is to start from scratch. Um, it's the only way. Don't feel like you're alone. That's what I'm trying to say. Like everyone starts from the same place. Every YouTube account that now has millions of subscribers started from zero. Someone made the decision to begin. Um, so you are a family man. I I can't resonate with that. I can only imagine what it is to have a family and how much time and um, attention that needs because they are your priority and they should be and really when it comes down to it that's all that matters actually so you can have as much success as you as you dream of and if you don't have anyone to share it with then it's it's pretty pretty lonely and pretty sad so um when you have no time because of being a family man, I mean, I can't, there's only so much advice I can give you because I'm not in the same position. I, all I know is that um, they might understand that if they want the best version of you, that you might need a bit of alone time every so often. So I don't know what kind of, you know, maybe it is all just music as your hobby and maybe the the time you took to do the instrumental acoustic music, maybe that time um, is, is, is stolen away and uh, that's your like little moment to yourself. So really, if you have no time, you have no time and you have to just forgive yourself that you are a family man, you don't have time to maybe put 40 hours into starting a YouTube channel from scratch or a podcast from scratch. But if you have half an hour over that week, um, then you just have to be able to do the best in that time that you can. So I think the the real lesson is just to forgive yourself. Like, yes, maybe this year is just there's too much going on with the holidays coming up. You cannot start this thing just yet. Because once you start one of these things, you kind of have to fuel it. And uh, sadly, one podcast and one video is not going to secure um, your musical legacy, as it were, anymore. Sadly, it takes um, consistency and you basically have to imagine that you're going to be doing this forever. So it's something I've spoken about with some people where they're just like, well, how many videos will it take before I can do this full time? And it's like, well, how long is a piece of string? And uh, a friend of mine, Adam Neely, and I have been talking about it and he's been using this analogy, which is really, really great and, and, and powerful. But you kind of have to put um, content and building a YouTube channel into the same realm as you practicing an instrument. If you sit down and begin an instrument or if you've, you know, if you are learning or you've learnt guitar, 
from day one to day 365, your first year, you will not expect yourself to be a professional musician at the end of that first year. In fact, you don't want to be because that will put you in situations that you are definitely not ready for after just a year of playing. Same with YouTube. Um, So maybe between one and five years, you might get to a certain point where you might be able to start overcoming. You've learned lessons and you've made all the mistakes that allow you to grow as a musician but really you'll probably only be able to be semi-professional at most and then uh, professional comes from maybe 10 to 15 to sometimes 20 years of uh, dedication to that instrument and then making the contacts and then building up the repertoire and resume and just like getting out there and and being able to go all in so that's the hardest thing about content online is you kind of have to imagine that no one's going to be listening. And you did mention that throwing content out there um, is is daunting if no one's going to pay attention to it. But really, you have to think of that as being like the best part, because if no one is paying attention to it, then no one can influence it. So you have the time to grow, to find your feet, to practice what it is to make a podcast, make sure that you are happy talking into a microphone, um, happy consolidating your ideas and communicating properly, which I still struggle with. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just actually Really, you need to enjoy that time when no one is listening and you're the underdog and maybe people aren't taking you seriously and maybe this is my competitive nature shining through because I I most definitely and I will openly share that I have a chip on my shoulder from being told that when I was pretty young that I wasn't going to be a professional musician. Even um, in my early 20s, my first day job, they were just like, hmm, you can't make a, you can't make a living as a musician. That's not that's not real work. And um, I remember quitting that job and and going off and, you know, I mean, it's taken me another eight years before actually going full time. And I only went full time earlier this year. So and that was even with people watching. But really, all I want to just make you aware of is that you have to enjoy the process, because even when people start watching, that's not going to make you love it anymore. Um, just because you have people that will see it will not make you happier. Um, and you know, maybe that's me sharing a little bit of the psyche behind what I'm doing. Having people watch your stuff is incredible. I, I mean, I, I, it helps me get out of bed in the morning. It does help me start the process, but, um, and it, and it keeps me accountable. So Tuesday talks every week, I know that I have to have created something, whether it's a podcast, whether whether it's the video, I have to create. It's a self-inflicted deadline. No one's going to tell me off if I don't do it. Well, maybe people might now, but um, it's, it's really, it's all about what satisfaction you have from starting that podcast, starting that video, to finishing that video, and finding the reward in just making the thing, not in how it's perceived. And again, gonna get real. This is this is my this is my aim, just to be the most honest person that I possibly can be. But when a video goes viral and it goes over a million hits, and you see it going over a million hits, which happened to me recently for the first time on my own channel, I've been part of other, you know, relatively viral videos. Um, 
and they were very exciting, but I, I, I wasn't entirely responsible for them. So the carbon fiber video I shot, I edited, I um, uploaded it, I did the thumbnail, I pushed it out into the world. And um, when it suddenly blows up, it doesn't make you feel any different. And it's a, it's a, stark realization that actually the joy for me came from I mean you can see it in my face when I'm actually excited about the sound of the guitar that's the joyous moment um the the joy that I found in editing it having a bit of fun with it um that was the joyous moment I then uploaded it and tried to forget about it because I try and move on as quickly as I can without sort of just refreshing the YouTube channel all the time because that is not mentally very healthy. Um, I went away with some friends for my friend's birthday. We went to a yurt in the middle of nowhere. I had no Wi-Fi. I had n no idea what it was doing. Um, and when I came back and it, it had quarter of a million views at that point and I could see its trajectory... I looked at it, I was excited for a second, and then I realised that it didn't make me feel any different, really. You know, it going viral hadn't affected me while I was away and being present with my friends without Wi-Fi um, and no, no phone signal whatsoever. So just going back to the whole thing about you think it's daunting that no one's going to listen. It's daunting when people listen and watch. That's when the real pressure happens and that's um, the change that inevitably happens. Like people will start listening. If you make good content and there has to be a level of effort and talent that goes into that content, like you still have to be good at it, um, then you have to be unbelievably consistent and you have to expect no one to listen for years and years and years. Just like you expect no, you know, you might not want to perform in front of someone for maybe five years while you're learning the instrument. You're just not ready. Same with YouTube, same with podcasting. Creating content that no one pays attention to is the most liberating thing you can do in this day and age. Enjoy being the underdog. Enjoy it for yourself. Do not expect to make any money. Because if you are trying to make money from this, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. People will figure that out and then they'll lose interest or they won't even, it won't even get any traction. Because we all know that being a musician is not for the money. There are so many other ways to go and make a living in this world. Um, not amazing livings, but a living. Um, and being a musician is not it. Uh, you see the the 1% of the 1% of the 1% that actually earn millions. Then there's, you know, the top 1% that earn maybe a very, very normal income for all the effort and and uh, skill set learning and, and all the things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so if you are in it to make money, this is not this is not the right industry for you. And um, it'll be pretty clear. So, Rich, all I want you to do is just find that time, maybe have the conversation with your family. I don't know how, how you guys communicate. Obviously, I'm not there. I do not know you guys. Um, but 
I think if you want to be the best version of yourself for your family, then maybe having that time to go and create this podcast is probably one of the best things you can do. And I only imagine they're going to understand. I mean, if they like your music already and they want you to do well and they want to support you, then I I hope they will give you that time. Um, and it, it doesn't have to take a lot. So when I was working you know, this is nothing in comparison to having a family, but I've had a, I had a, a proper day job. Um, and you know, it's, it's about finding a way of creating content consistently, but easily. So that's why I did all the interviews at first. I was doing, um, just one camera, one take interviews with other artists and having a conversation and limiting it to 10 minutes. Those videos were very, very easy to edit. I put an intro at the beginning, I put an outro at the end, and then everything else just had to come naturally. Um, so that was how I built that while I was doing all the other things um, that I had to do to pay my rent. So now I'm in a, a different kind of position to be able to go bigger and make things that excite me. But um, really, at first, just keep it consistent and um, talk about the things you love and that will be, I mean, it will just bring you joy. I think even if you have, I think people are so, um, it's a difficult thing to say because I, I know, I know how it looks nowadays when, you know, I'm speaking from this point where people are watching my videos and are listening to my podcast, which is an incredible thing. But I really like to think that even if three people were watching my videos or 300 people were watching my videos, I would still be doing the videos. And I think that's the stubbornness you have to find in yourself. Like, enjoy it. Enjoy no one watching. But really, 300 people, 300 views on a video is 300 people. If you had that amount of people in a room with you, that's a terrifying amount of people to perform in front of. Um, and usually people don't really watch a video over and over and over again. So you can imagine them to be 300 people. So just remember that. And I I have to remember that for my own personal mental health. I have to tell myself these things over and over and over again. And it is why I'm being honest, open and comfortable in telling all of you you kind of have to imagine that no one is ever going to listen um, and no no one's ever going to watch. And that is the most enjoyable part because it's it's the process of actually making the thing, not about how the thing is perceived by an audience. And we all know this, like YouTube comments, critics. I mean, people on the top level have a mental resolve that is, oh my God, can you imagine, can you imagine not only just being like, um, attacked by YouTube trolls, but being attacked by the media that people actually read every day and um, consume and to a certain level, maybe not such a uh, a level that it used to be, but people trust it. People believe it. Um, sadly, sometimes they believe it, but it's, you know, still taken in, still digested. I'm still guilty of it. I see a headline and I think I know about the subject before I actually read what has happened behind it. Um, so there we go. That is rant over Tuesday talks rant. Um, please just make the content for yourself. Try and, um, uh, be consistent with it. 
that's the real thing, the art of consistency. Um, I love Jocko Willink's uh, famous quote, discipline equals freedom. So if you are disciplined in something, it will allow you to do that all the time because that's the thing you love. Um, and if you work hard at it, it will give you the freedom in your life to be able to wake up and do all the things that you want to be doing with your day. So really, really go back to basics. Just enjoy the actual physical making of it. I'm enjoying recording this podcast right now. And I know that whether it has however many hits, I'm not going to see any more joy from that. It's purely in talking to you. Having someone like you, Rich, actually send me a voice note is very, very special. Um, so I really, really wish you all the best. And I hope this has resonated with everyone else that has been listening. Um, I, I just... I don't know. I just, I really see this as a long game in all of our avenues. Like if you are out there trying to pursue being a musician or you are a musician or you're making a living from a musician, you want to be doing this for the rest of your life. So you kind of have to think of it as you have no other option. That's where I got. I had no other option than to do this all myself. Um, and now I can take pride in doing it all myself. I haven't had it handed to me. No one in my in my family had any music industry contacts. None of them are even musicians. They didn't know where to begin with me. Um, so, you know, it's just about the journey and about doing it for the rest of your life. So if no one listens for the next five years, but then people start listening after that, that's still an incredible way to build a legacy in terms of music and being an artist yourself. So um, just please, please look at it and enjoy it because all the other stuff, it just, it's, it's not the answer. It's not the answer. Um, okay. I mean, I'm just going to continue rambling unless I, uh, I wrap this up. So um, I want all of you to go in my social media feeds. Actually, one thing I've noticed, Instagram comments, they've disappeared, haven't they? So I can see them. I can see when you comment to me, but they aren't visible to other people. Um, so just be aware of that. I, I initially just thought they were taking the likes, but maybe mine hasn't updated or whatever is going on with Instagram. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all those things. I want you, if you've got this far, um, to send me... Um, I want you to write, it can't be that easy, can it? As a question, because I think that's going to be the title of this podcast. So it can't be that easy, can it? Um, if you type that in to my comments, then uh, I will know that you've got this far. Thank you very much for listening. A huge, huge thanks to DistroKid. Um, if you want my link, it's distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Mary Spender for 7% off your first year. I love them dearly. They are a great company. They have um, really, really liberated me in terms of just thought process behind this release plan, making sure everything is up there um, in advance. And yeah, I mean, the next track will be out on the 15th of November. So all very, very exciting stuff. Um, can you rate and review this podcast? I hope you enjoy it to give it a good rating. If you're going to give it a bad one, don't worry about it. Don't listen to me right now. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate you for, uh, you know, just listening to my voice um, wherever you are in the world. So thank you. And I will see you next 
week. Just to 